You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, everybody, check out the Break the Bell podcast, where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. For a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history, find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. So I have to admit, when it comes to my history of newsletters, I haven't always been great. Um, And I'm talking about mine specifically. When it came to my clients, I was always knocking them out of the park. Um, But for myself, I've never been able to keep up that type of rhythm and effort sometimes I have to my, my thing is like if I'm gonna write something I'm gonna make sure I put a lot of effort into it unless it's designed to be something specific I, I believe that if you're gonna take time to read something it might as well be something that's worth it and um, you know for for my newsletter the on the run newsletter at Substack which you can of course subscribe to the link is in the comments of this episode uh, I took a few weeks off um, one because I I left my job, and I, uh, I I was not in the headspace to do that. You could probably understand that you've been in that situation before yourself. Then the holidays came, and uh, you know, I just really didn't want to have to do that. I've got a whole bunch of other things going on. I've got this show, which comes to you twice a week. You usually get a full monologue episode that I'm working with my publicist and good friend, Chloe, to try and book guests, and then I'm trying to you know do everything else, and... I've got the other show, Second Print Comics. I've got bonus stuff there. I've, I've got a lot of stuff going on. And now I've gone back into uh, private contracting, consulting for authors, small businesses, publications, you name it. I'm probably talking with them right now, keeping myself busy, paying the bills. But um, I'm at peace with things. And at first I was like, you know, I'm going to start looking for something full time probably the day after. New Year's, and I'm at the point now where I actually think I might take a couple weeks off. And in fact, I might take a couple months off and just see how far this can go. I've been thinking about where I want to go ahead and put my energy, where I want to go ahead and actually put my effort, where I want to go ahead and actually try and build something again. And the show is part of it. Uh, Second Print is part of it. Um... I just think that, you know, I'm in a very good position right now where I've still got some money coming in, uh, passive income. I've got money coming in from uh, contracts and consulting. Like, I'll be okay. I'm not I'm not really worried about that. And I'm actually thinking, you know, maybe I'll give myself a few weeks off. And as I mentioned a moment ago, I'm thinking about possibly just trying to chill until probably March. This year... You know, well, I don't think it's going to be too drastically in terms of societal things. You know, things outside of our control this year might be the same as last. But there's um, there's an energy about it that makes me want to try something different. And I'm not talking hokey New Year's resolution stuff. I'm talking about actually getting to wipe the slate clean and try and do something different. Try and change my thinking. 
about the world, and I say it, uh, you know, enough times. I say it pretty often that uh, this used to be a travel show, and now instead of traveling to physical locations, we're traveling to understand uh, the world around us, different lifestyles, different viewpoints, different understandings, different things to make us understand the world around us a little bit more. And to understand the big things, you have to understand the little things. To make the biggest changes, you have to look at the smallest point, which is yourself. Because if we can't change who we are, then we're certainly not going to be able to positively affect the change of those around us. And as I try and figure things out, I'm trying to just focus on where I can be the most impactful. And uh, the one thing that sucks is that I, you know, I had to tighten my belt, cancel subscriptions, get my spending under control so I can conserve the money that I have and conserve the little money I'm getting right now to make it last longer. Uh, one thing I always liked about working full-time was that, you know, as I've mentioned on the show, your, your full-time income will be the largest driver and builder of your wealth. But it also gave me the opportunity to sometimes be a little bit more charitable with my money. I've always been a big person of if you can't give money, give your time. But giving money also works too. And, uh, you know, in this year, in this time, it's it's going to be hard to do that because a lot of people need help and there's not a lot I can do do other than maybe give time right now. But I was scrolling through YouTube the other day and uh, Ryan Holiday over at the Daily Stoic, he had a video that we're actually going to go ahead and, well, I was about to say watch, but it, we'll, we'll listen to it together. Did you know that you could actually pay the bills, the electrical bills of people who were behind in payments? A few months ago, um, electric companies finally started shutting down power for people affected by the pandemic or, you know, as many of you will probably say, oh, they probably weren't paying it before the pandemic. Let's assume everyone who's having their power turned off just for the sake of argument had it because they're currently financially impacted by the quarantines and everything else, loss of work, picking up extra bills for loved ones or themselves, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, I started thinking, like, what would make somebody do that? Who would do that? And the big question of the show today, if you knew that, would you do it? Could you do it? Would you do it? Would you do it? Would you do it? That's the big question, especially now since you do know. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take a look at this, and we'll be stopping throughout, which uh, I will include the link to the episode in the show notes. You can actually go ahead and watch it later. Let's go ahead and take a quick look at this one and we'll stop throughout. As I mentioned, I'm in a, I'm in, I'm in a dragging mood today. So bear with me. Okay, let's begin. So I saw this story in the news about this guy in Florida who every year he writes a check and he just pays off the electrical bills of people who are way behind. And I thought that was just like so beautiful. I was like, that can't be that hard to do. And so I, I was thinking about doing it. Uh, first off, before we kind of get any further, paying somebody's electrical bill. You know, there, there are a lot of um, charities that we usually think of as kind of like go-to charities. For me, it's uh, people dealing with, you know, uh, hunger, food insecurity, uh, veterans and their families, and, uh, and animals. Animals who have been the victims of cruelty and abuse. 
And, uh, you know, oftentimes we, we tend to look at some charities that are a bit flashier than others. You know, we want to go ahead and give laptops to kids in villages of no running water. We want to go ahead and make sure that, you know, as, as one Miss America candidate once said, we want to make sure that people in Texas can find Iraq on the map. Um, but often, you know, we, we get a little bit distracted with the big, big things that tend to catch our attention, but what we forget about are the essentials. And, um, you know, right now I I can't imagine what it would be like if I lost power to my house and I couldn't afford to even pay my electricity bill. Um, my entire job is based around having access to electricity and, uh, you know, electricity, might not be the one thing that a lot of people really think of throughout the world. Uh, in America, I mean, we take electricity for granted. You know, most of the world needs water. Most of the world is looking for just some food. But, uh, you know, in America, we're so connected. We're so used to being able to have quick access to everything. You know, even just to, you know, power our refrigerators or power our laundry, keep, keep ourselves warm, um, you know, imagine what it would be what what it would be like if you just woke up one day and you had to go one week without power. Uh, when I was in, I think it, w- it was my sophomore year of high school, the power grids went off in my neighborhood, and for three days there was no power in in actually the the entire uh, town of uh, Centerville and I think uh, Clifton parts of Manassas, and uh, you would have thought that like it was like an alien invasion or a mass like tsunami event or something. I remember watching uh, watching clips from the news when the power did eventually come on. They were reporting on what people did during this time. And you had this one woman who looked like a classic Karen. She's at the local mall charging her iPad, and she's she's saying, oh, yeah, you know, I've been here for like eight hours. And then suddenly she's like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have access to my iPad. And I looked around, and... You know, they had cooling stations at uh, high schools and stuff, so that way the elderly or the homeless or people who were, who, who you know, it was in the middle of the summer, so people who are at risk for, like, heat exhaustion or stuff like that could be cool. But you just see, like, regular, like, middle-class families going in. What are they doing? They're finding all the outlets, and they're just charging their phones and stuff, and it's like, you know, we have it so good. So really think about that. What would it be like if you yourself could not at all pay your electricity bill. Think about that. How may I help you? Hey, I had a quick question. I was reading this article about someone who sent in like a check to pay for the electrical bill of people whose power was going to get cut off. Is it possible to do something like that? Yes, sir. How would that work? Like, do you guys have like, is it a list of customers? Is there an amount? Like, I don't know. I was thinking about doing that and I was just wondering how how I might do it. So normally what happens is whomever calls mm-hmm. and asks if there's members who are financially hurting and um, will get gather a list. Normally, the person that calls you know, gives us an amount that they want to pay, and then we divide that out amongst the account. Got it. Because you guys are back to doing shutoffs after, like, this far into the pandemic, right? Yes, they're effective. A month or two ago, we did continue with the, the disconnection. Basically, I just have to pick a number, and do I just write a check, and then do I just put on the check, like, how, what I want it for? Like, how, how, how do I do it? I was going to try to swing by today. So with the check, um, you're more than welcome to go to the, one of our lobbies, the yeah. drive-thru. The lobby's actually closed. The drive-thru is open, and we just say an amount, and then that office will work on getting some accounts to 
contribute that to. Okay. This is super helpful. I really appreciate it. So I'll just write a check and, and I'll swing by and drop it off in an envelope or whatever. My wife and I were talking at the end of the year, how can we be generous? How can we do something for other people? And this idea of the electric bill. We live near this little town of Bastrop. That's where my office is. That's where this is. The city of Bastrop is, is pretty well off, but the county, the rural county where our farm is, where we live, is not in the best shape. Like a lot of rural towns in America, it's struggling. And so I called the city first and I asked if they had a thing for the city of Bastrop Utilities. And they said, we do, but it's not really what we needed. And other people have helped for that. And they said, but, but you, should, you should talk to Blue Bonnet, which is the electrical co-op for the county, because that's really where people are struggling. People live in trailers. I drive by this house on my way to, to work. These people live in a shed, like an actual shed, the ones you see for sale in the, in the parking lot of Home Depot. And that, that must be so hard. And so we settled on this idea of doing it. So I called the utilities. I asked them, are there people who are behind on their bill? And there was a grace period at the beginning of the pandemic where they weren't shutting off electricity. But how long can a business stay in business that doesn't require its customers to pay its bills? And so I it's sad. I understand it. But this is the opportunity for people to do things. So, again, you can, you can think that the government's not doing enough. And that can be true. But simultaneously... It can also be true that you as an individual are not doing enough and need to do more. So that right there, that part is the most important. You might think that the government is not doing enough, and maybe you're right. But that does not mean you as an individual cannot do more and should and you know should do more. Um, I really like Ryan Holiday. I, I am a practicer of the stoic philosophy, the stoic mindset. I credit him with a lot of that development and knowledge and understanding of stoicism and the stoic school of thought. Um, I think, yeah, I've never met Ryan Holiday. I think Ryan Holiday, just from what I've observed and what I've heard from people that who I know have interacted with him, uh, is a good man. I think his politics are a load of shit, but I think he's a good man. And um, he's more progressive than me. Me and Ryan Holiday will probably never agree on politics, but let me tell you this right now. Much like Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports, who started the Barstool Fund to go ahead and help um, small businesses financially because over half of all small businesses that had to close down in 2020 um, and are still closing down because of the pandemic uh, will close down permanently, which means they're never coming back. Uh, Barstool Sports has done more for small businesses in America than the federal government. They've done more for small businesses than, you know, Microsoft, than the Amazon, than all, all these other people that are talk that are constantly talking about, you know, spreading wealth. I didn't see Bernie Sanders give one of his houses, one of his many houses, to uh, to people who were forced out on the street because they were told they couldn't go to work or because their businesses died. I didn't see that. Um, so, I mean, people like Dave Portnoy, people like Ryan Holiday, even though Portnoy has, through his fund, has raised millions of dollars, uh, Ryan Holiday, I don't know how much is in that check, but what he's done, what he's willingly done is more impactful and is better for people and better for putting good, good energy, good juju out into the world than all the libertarians bitching on Twitter and all the Republicans bitching on Parler and everyone else bitching on Facebook, basically all the people bitching online about no one else doing enough and how they have all the good ideas and people just need to listen to them and everyone else is a moron. 
Ryan Holiday is doing more to change his community and change the world than you if you have done nothing but complain online. That's just that's just a fact. And uh, you know, I don't think that that one statement makes Ryan Holiday a libertarian, but it makes him a man of action. And I can say that about him. I can't say that about a lot of people. I think if you're listening to this show, you're a man a woman of action too, but you get my point. But uh, anyway, let's continue. For the Stoics, the phrase the common good comes up 80 times in meditations. Marcus Aurelius says the fruit of this life is good character and acts for the common good. So the reason I'm making this video is not to tell you what I'm doing, but to show you what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, to inspire you to do some version of this in your own life, whether it's paying off one person's electric bill, whether it's reading next door and seeing one thing you can do for your neighbors. You know, this isn't about credit. This isn't about recognition. Marcus Aurelius says like, when you do a good thing and someone has received that good thing, he says two things have happened. You've done good and they've received a good. But he says, don't ask or look for the third thing, which is credit, which is thanks, which is acknowledgement. Just do it for its own sake. I, I've got really nothing to add to that. I think uh, you know him quoting Marcus Aurelius is a is a good enough example for me. When I listen to that, I remember the the parable of the poor woman and the rich man, and what happens is in this uh, in this town square you have this uh, this offering box. Let's let's call it an offering box. You've all seen it, where you just walk by and you could drop off a donation. Well, the rich man with let's say. You know, he's worth like a billion dollars. He stops by in public and he knows that everyone in the town square is going to see him. He shows up and he gives probably, you know, two, three giant bags of coins. And, uh, you know, this is money that he didn't really need. This is, I mean, not really need. Uh, this is money that he didn't really have to put towards anything. He wasn't looking for anything. He was just like, you know, I've got all this extra money. I'm going to go ahead and give it. And, uh, you know, he does it in the day. And, you know, he, he looks really impressive. And people are like, oh, wow, look at how much money he gives. And he's, he's proud. He smiles. And at night, you have the woman who's a beggar. And uh, she goes by. And there's something in her heart telling her that, you know, even though she has very little, she can still give something. So she has two coins to buy food with. What she does, she, she decides to take that voice, that, that voice from the Lord telling her to go ahead and give and that she will be rewarded spiritually and she will never go hungry. And she goes and she gives one of her gold coins. So now she's literally given half of all she has. And she only had two coins to begin with. So the question is, who gave more? Who was a person of better faith and action? The person who gave what they didn't necessarily need or want or have much use for, who did so publicly and was showered of praise, or the person who you'll never know or would ever assume would give anything at all? Uh, I'm not going to tell you because everyone wants to argue, but that's a, that's a good question. I think it's the beggar. I think it's the person that took an, a leap of faith. And uh, I think we need more people like that these days. Remember, the fruit of this life is good character. And I just, you know, I just think like the Stoics say, if you want to see good, there's an easy way to do that. You just have to do good. So instead of despairing at inaction, instead of despairing against some of the sad things I've seen, even things people have expressed in the comments of these videos, 
my wife and I thought, let's try to come up with something we can do. And let's try to share about that to encourage more people to do it. So they said, you just pick an amount, but you could go 100 people times 100 bucks. That's that's $10,000. Are you comfortable doing that? Or is that too much? Yeah. No, that works. Yeah. All right, will you make sure that there's that amount in the checking account? Yeah, so the average the average person owes about $100. Yeah, that's when you would start to get in. $100. Let's, let's just think about that for a second. $100. Um, that's how much your average person owes, and that's how much they they owe when they start getting in trouble with the electric company. $100. I know people that blow $100 on just ridiculous shit in the afternoon. I know I've probably done that. Uh, I think I've told some of you the story before, but uh, a few years ago, I was starting a small business. I I've tried to be really frugal with my budget. I asked for a loan of $200 from a good friend and I offered to pay him back 50% interest. Long story short, I did not make a dollar from that online business. It was, it was a giant flop. And not only did it take me a while to just pay back the $200, but I actually took a job out of state for a weekend working on a campaign for a last minute client during an election cycle. And, uh, you know, as soon as I was done with that, a lot of the money went towards paying gas, food, that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, because I wasn't getting comps <laughs> and, uh, you know, a, a good hundred bucks went back to pay the interest. Um, and then I was left with probably like 40 bucks. So, you know, worked probably, uh, 20, 30 hours only to only come home with the profits of like two hours. It was, it was what it was, but I remember what it felt like, um, not being able to pay back that initial amount and then having to work that hard just to pay that, that, that interest back. I mean, for some people, I remember when I started getting into like bigger business and somebody told me, so you can't fight over the small sales. You're dealing with people that spend millions on the drop of dime. You got, you got to expand your world. And, uh, I've done that, but I never, I never forget that because for a good chunk of the world, um, you know, m money is not just this abstract thing. Money is a very real situation for a lot of people that struggle. And, uh, you know, while I've dealt with people who are millionaires and stuff like that, while I've raised, you know, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars for people, I remember what it felt like not being able to, uh, pay back, you know, $300 myself. And, uh, you know, I had most of my stuff covered thanks to my family, but man, like I, I remember that and to hear that for so many people, especially people with families, taking care of parents and stuff like that. Like, my God, that, that hits home. That really does. Trouble probably. Okay. When you like, okay. Yep. Hey, Clarky, Clarky, can I talk to you for a second? So there's some people, you know how we have electricity and a heater in our house that keeps us warm? Yeah. So some people don't have that and and because they can't afford it. And so do you think it's a good idea if, if we um, give some money to those people so so that they don't get cold during the, the winter? Oh, um, but they have radiators. Yeah, they have a radiator, but then but then they can't pay the bill so it's turned off. And so we would give some money so that doesn't happen. Okay. And oh, one night switch at home after a day. If I find somebody that was uh, else's door, but someone's saying can get to us. 
That's a really good idea. So his suggestion is that we just hook up a light switch for those people in somebody else's house. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's a pretty good idea too. All right, Clarky, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to come home and we'll we'll play. Okay. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, there are two parts of me right now. There's the there's the ultra cynical PR side, consultant side, saying, oh, he brought in his kid to do that to make himself look good and stuff like that. Then there's the real human side of me that's like, you know, it's really good that he's including his child in this. And I think, uh, you know, coming from more of a right-leaning Christian background, I think a lot of families, they want to shelter their kids from the world. And, uh, you know, they, they try and say, well, you know, some kids shouldn't think about certain things at a certain age. I think, uh, you know, the best thing to do is to treat your child like a, like an adult sometimes, you know, treat them like children. Don't treat them exactly like adults, but, you know, include them in the discussions, make them feel part of it, include them in the decisions you're making, make them feel vested and start introducing them to these concepts. Um, it's what my parents did for me. And it's, you know, I think it works out a little bit, but you know, that, that's going to make the change because we often rely on public schools and other figures to raise our children for us. Uh, that's a good example. I don't know if he does it all the time, but just from that, that's a good example. Keep, keep your kids involved. Let them be part of your life. And that means situations like this that they might not understand, but they'll, they'll develop what they need to do to understand it. I just sent out this one email, sort of talked about hunger in America, talked about how cheaply and effectively food banks can help people. And I sent out the email and I put in the first $10,000, Daily Stoke put in the first $10,000. And I thought, hey, maybe we could double that. Maybe we could get to to $20,000, which would be 200,000 meals. I checked like 10 minutes after the email went up and we were already at 40. And it went up to 60, 80. And and by the time we sent out a second email about a few days later, we got up to almost $120,000. That's over a million meals for people. And I just, I found that to be so incredible and inspiring. As a wedding present, my wife and I got married in 2015. Someone gave us this little jar. It's like a ceramic, like house looking thing. It's like a piggy bank basically. And on the front it has a quote, it says, no one ever became poor by giving. And that's a quote from Anne Frank. And the idea is you put your change in it. You, when you come home, you take your change out of your pocket, you put it in there, and then you give it away. I count up all the change, and I take it to the bank, and then I just, through the credit card, to against malaria. One of the most effective charities in the world, like $200 saves a life. So like every year, our change accumulated through the year like saves one person's life, which is... Okay, so I think some of you have seen my rants about this before. Uh, I, I joke that like nonprofits and think tanks are like legalized money laundering for like the rich. Um, be very, very cautious about the specific uh, charities that you donate to. I I go on rants quite often because I think that Wounded Warrior Project is, you know, I'm, I'm big into veterans and their families. I think Wounded Warrior Project is one of the most wasteful, wasteful and despicable veterans organizations out there. Um you know, they, they've made better reforms, but I still, they still haven't gotten my trust back. I, my family still need a lot. I used to wear a Wounded Warrior t-shirt and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I, I will never give a dime to Wounded Warrior projects there, you know. So, I mean, do your own, do, do your own research. There are different rating organizations that tell you what their overhead is like, what, what percent of the money actually goes towards the things that you want the money to go to. I think it's like, you know, for every dollar that goes towards like certain charities, like only like two cents of it actually goes to the actual person that you're trying to help or the service you're trying to provide. And trust me, like that's part of overhead. You need to, you need to pay the bills in order to make a difference. But when like 99% 
of your donations are just going towards overhead, that's a problem. Uh, for veterans charities, I give to the Special Operation Warriors Fund. I give to the Gary Sinise Foundation. The Gary Sinise Foundation is my absolute favorite. Uh, I give to Samaritan's Purse. I give to um, my local humane society. I'm, I'm a little bit iffy about some of the larger uh, animal rights, uh, animal protection companies. So I give to my local uh, humane society out here in Fairfax. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I, need to, I need to trust them. I need to know that when my money's going somewhere, it's actually going to be used. I even donate to GoFundMes for friends I know um, who are trying to help out either themselves, family, or friends, because at least I know where the money's going to go. Donor C is a great organization, too. We've had Greg Clyer on uh, the old show in the past, but Donor C is great because those people have to provide you photos and receipts. You have to, you know, they have to provide that. And, uh, you know, just be very, very cautious about because especially right now, there are a lot of scams and stuff for, you know, where people are using the pandemic as a way to make money off of people's kindness and stuff like that. So do your research, check your gut and know where the money goes. That's all I've got to say about that. You know, it's not saving the world, but it's saving the world to that one person. And so when we do a little bit, we are only doing a little bit in the large scale of the world, but we're doing a lot for that one person. And that's, that's kind of how I think about it. Marcus says in meditations, he says, what's good for the hive is good for the beat. When you do something good for the community, for the whole, you are also doing something good for yourself. And conversely, he says, you can commit injustice by doing nothing. So it's not my fault that people can't pay their electric bills, but it is my fault if I decide to stick my head in the sand about it or to blame other people for it or to avoid an opportunity to do something about it. I talked to my wife, we're going to do $10,000. So I have to write this check. It's a big check for me, but that $100, that $200 that people are having trouble paying on their electric bill, that looms much larger to them than the missing $10,000 in my bank account is going to be. This money, not in my hands, but in somebody else's hands, spread out over 100 people or 150 people, will have far more impact for them than for me. And in that sense, I'm doing something great for myself. Well, you know, I may have prejudged a bit, especially when I spoke about the story about the, the rich man and the, and the beggar. He is a uh, he certainly obviously maybe heard of that before, and while he could have appeared as the rich man in this situation, he has chosen the spirit and faith of the beggar, and uh, that that's incredibly commendable. I mean, when, when you give a few cents out to like the the Salvation Army when they do you know the 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 buckets and stuff, you know, the people w- waving the bells and stuff, ringing the bells around Christmas, like that's yeah, that's helpful, that's nice, but. To be intentional about your donation, you know, I, I've got friends that make close to six figures now, and they're really young and they're single and stuff. And uh, I, I asked them one time, it's like, so have you guys given to charity? And they and they kind of paused and they're like, well, uh, well, well, does does this thing cast charity? And I'm like, yeah, sure, may, maybe maybe that thing counts charity. And then they pause, and then they say, no, I haven't. And it's like, wait a second, you, you didn't even meet the meet the standards of your own caveat. Like that's a that that that's a little surprising, but like and they're not bad people. It's just not a priority. And when it is something that they notice, even when they donate, it's not a priority. So I mean, be intentional. It, you know, I, I say it off and on again. Be intentional with your money. If you if you're intentional with your money, it will always be spent and used in the best way. And charity is no less of an example of that. 10, 
thousand pay over due bills. Today is December 23rd, almost Christmas. Hi. I just wanted to drop off. I wanted to send it to uh, to pay overdue bills for people. Oh, okay, perfect. Bye. Thank you. All right. So I just dropped it off. We're good. That's the end of it. Merry Christmas. I'll, you'll probably be watching this well after Christmas, but uh, I hope this inspires you a little bit. I love that Anne Frank quote, nobody became poor by giving. Do what you can with what you've got or who you can. It's not a bad way to do it. There's another quote I love from uh, Bill Campbell. I read it in this book, Trillion Dollar Coach. I've tried to make it a little bit of mantra for my life. He says, if you've been blessed, be a blessing. I think that's a good way to think about it too. I'm very lucky to do what I do. I'm very lucky that what I chose to do happens to be at the level that I do. It happens to be lucrative. I'm lucky, as Marcus said, that I don't need anything. And the real good luck, though, is that there are other people who need things, and I'm in a position to do something about it. And I think most of the people watching are too. Or if you're not, if you're not right now, it's totally fine. But one day you will be. And what will you do then? That's the question. Let's have a good 2021 where we all do as much as we can for each other. Good character and acts for the common good. As Marcus Aurelius said, all the rest is commentary. Everything else in Stoicism is extra. Everything you do in your life is extra. That's what I'm going to try to live by in 2021. And I, I hope the same is true for you. For the Stoics, wisdom was an ongoing process. It was a journey. Zeno said that well-being is realized by small steps, but it's no small thing. So how do we do that? Well, I suggest the Daily Stoic email. You can sign up at dailystoic.com slash email. One email every single day, totally free. The best wisdom and insights from the Stoics, from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, and Seneca. Sign up, start your journey. Let me know what you think. You know, usually I would I would cut the last part where it's just them pitching everything, but I did basically take the guy's entire video and use it for this episode, so I didn't have to talk much. So because he's he's so much better at providing these examples than me, so of course I'll you know most of you who have been listening to this show, you you already knew about Ryan Holiday before me, but for those that don't, I'll go ahead and uh, include this episode and everything in the show notes today. But um, you know, fo- focus on what you need. Everything else is commentary. That's, that, that's so perfect. And for me, I know that, um, I'll, I'll never one day be like a full on Jedi. I'll never be fully, you know, fully a master Yoda and stuff like that. But what I can be is I could be a Luke or an Obi-Wan, somebody that still struggles, but somebody that tries to overcome and will dedicate their life to doing that. Um, that's the Christian walk of life. You know, you know, you're not perfect. You know that you can accept salvation, but you're always going to struggle. That's why you need a savior. Um, you know, you're, you're never going to be perfect. That's why you need to constantly self-develop because even though you'll never reach that state of, per- of perfection, being a step closer is more than never having tried. And I think with this year, like I guys, I'm, I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm scared about a lot of things. I, I really am. And, uh, at the same time, I'm also really excited because I'm, I'm doing some things that are going to provide me a lot of challenges and opportunities, but 
ultimately, um, I'm the only one that can make these changes. I'm the only one that can take these actions. And I'm hoping that everything I do will not only benefit myself because I want it to obviously benefit me, but I want it to benefit me because I want to be able to benefit others. I want to be able to help do great things for my family, do great things for my friends, do great things for strangers. And I, I want, I want things, I won't say better, but I want things to be different because sometimes different is good. And the worst thing we can do is try and have to try something else again. I'd rather do that than never try. So it's going to be scary, but you know, it's never for me. It's always for other, other reasons. I, I benefit as a result of that, but I am not the focus. Putting more good out into the world is the focus. And as we continue this journey into 2021 and beyond, let's, uh, let's do more things out of our comfort zone. Let's change ourselves. Let's change the world. As always, thank you so much. Once again, Remster W. Martinez, follow me on everywhere the internet has graced me with at Hey Remso, H-E-Y-R-E-M-S-O. Follow me on Parler at R-E-M-S-O, at Remso. Catch me on The World According to Ben Stein this week. Uh, check out all the amazing shows with the We Are Libertarians Network, and please, it costs you nothing, but means everything to me. A five-star rating and review telling people why you like the show. Uh, helps me out a lot. Helps this show get to new listeners and all over the world, and global domination is within our grasp. Take care, everyone. I'll talk to you later in the week. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Like the Chris Spangle Show, Liberty Explained, The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty, Freedom Strips with Keaton Tucker, On the Run with Rimzo Martinez, Gingerarchy with Trisha Stewart Mann, Upward Libertarian Activism, and now hear this. Tune in now and we're going to help you sound smarter when talking with your friends. 